Some stories are simple, are easy. Some we won't even remember. But others linger, invading our minds, festering under our skin, and then finally falling. Off the Bone. Welcome to Off the Bone, the podcast about the true murder sprees and unsolved mysteries of our shared past. We are your hosts, J.M. Brannick and Nicole. As a warning, we will be discussing stories that are brutal, macabre, and horrifying in nature. This is not for little ears, but then if you clicked on a podcast called Off the Bone, what the hell were you expecting? I am so excited for this episode, not only because I get to talk about my second favorite city on the planet, but also because no children were murdered in this story. Hooray! Yes. Not Uh, so for the other ones. Not so for the other ones, no. For anyone wondering, my favorite city on the planet is Pittsburgh, black and gold, today. Strange flex, okay. Look, if you're not from Pittsburgh, you just don't understand, man. I don't get it. Detroit! Nope. (laughs) But today, we are talking about... New Orleans and the Axemen of New Orleans. He doesn't get any beads. No, he does not get any beads. From May of 1918 to October of 1919, New Orleans was terrorized by the Axeman. Preying mostly on Italian immigrants, the Axeman was known for slaughtering his victims with their own axes. If there wasn't an axe available, he got creative. One couple, Joseph and Catherine Maggio, had their throats cut with a straight razor. The Axeman wasn't actually the best serial killer, or maybe he was the best serial killer? I guess it depends on what criteria we're judging him on. On the one hand, he didn't have the best success record. A lot of his victims survived, including, and this is spectacular, Mrs. Anna Schneider. She was eight months fucking pregnant at the time of her attack. She gave birth to her daughter just two days after being attacked by the Axeman. Let's all take a moment and bow down before the badassery that is Anna Schneider. This is what women have to do. Yes. Roll up their sleeves after being attacked by an X-Man and birth that baby. Yep, that's- and amazingly, they both survive. All that being said, it's weird that the reports from the Axeman victims varied so much. Some people called him massive, some said he was slight. No one could give a general consensus. Was this because there were actually multiple Axemen? Or was it maybe because being smashed in the head can scramble your brains? This does lead us to another awesome story. The most likely suspect in the Axeman murders was Joseph Momfrey, but that's all sort of muddled. Uh, Someone who may or may not have been named Joseph Momfrey was a suspect. He may or may not have lived in New Orleans. And even if he did, it turns out that the name Joseph Mombry was the 1900s version of being named John Smith. It was a stupid popular name is what I'm saying. While the authorities were never sure that Mombry was their guy, someone else was. That someone was the widow of Mike Pepitone, one of the Axeman suspected victims. Mrs. Pepitone shot Mombry dead because she believed he was the man who killed her husband. Since I couldn't for the life of me find her name, we're just going to call her badass woman number two. 
all of this would have been enough of a story, but it gets better. The Axeman, for someone who didn't have the best death to victim ratio, had the absolute brass balls to send the police a letter, which I am going to read for you now. This is public domain, so we shouldn't get in any trouble for this. <laughs> X-Men's like, comes back. He's like, I'm suing you in Haunted MTL. <laughs> that was my letter. Hottest Hell, March 13th, 1919. Esteemed mortal of New Orleans. They have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleans and your foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, bespurged with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty, Francis, Joseph, etc. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover who I am, for it were better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the Axeman. I don't think there is any need of such a warning, for I feel sure that the police will always dodge me, as they have in the past. They are wise, and know how to keep away all harm. Undoubtedly, you Orleans think of me as much horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could say thousands of your best citizens, and the worst. For I'm in close relationship with the Angel of Death. Now, to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, on the next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well then, so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out in that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus, and it is about time I leave your earthly home, I will cease my discourse. Hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee, I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that has ever existed, either in fact or realm of fancy. The Axeman. Okay, we're gonna have to record that again. I forgot to record. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I recorded. <laughs> like that was a lot. <laughs> he's got he's got flair. He he got flair. He's got some brass balls for someone who didn't even kill half of his victims. You know, we should offer him a publishing deal. I know, right? <laughs> we're like we're like, but your body count. But he's like, but letters. I'm like, okay.
published at the, the Collected Letters of the Axeman. So the city asked to jazz, jazzed hard. There wasn't a house in New Orleans that wasn't playing jazz music. People crowded into clubs to dance to the music. And once, just this once, nobody died. The story of the X-Men is popular uh, from the days of when he first became killing to even present day. There's a lot of pop culture wake caused by his crimes. Perhaps it was his letter or brutal attacks that captured the public's attention, or the fact that he was never caught. But my guess lies in the odd and specific demand to the public in his infamous letter, his love of jazz music. Can you even imagine a serial killer today murdering people in the dead of night while they lay asleep with their own tools and instruments that are in their home only to taunt the police and demand that the public play loudly and openly say Cardi B for hours <laughs> on end. Oh my I was picturing WAP coming out of everybody's mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. It would be so strange and random and yet terrifying and strangely helpless to oblige such a request for the lives of your loved ones. Can you imagine having to go to your grandparents or aging neighbors and saying, no, you have to play this nonstop so that you're not murdered in your bed. I know you hate it, I'm sorry, but that's just how it was. In 1919, during the Axeman's reign of terror, local tune writer Joseph John Davila wrote the song, The Mysterious Axeman's Jazz, Don't Scare Me Papa, and it was published by New Orleans-based World's Music Publishing Company. And that's not the only foray into music for him, however, and not just in America. Australian rock band Beast of Bourbon, love that name, is so good, released an album in 1984 called The Axeman's Jazz. A sentence from The Axeman's letter is spoken in the beginning of English electronica duo Fila Brazila song, Tunstall and Californian Haddock. Thank you for such easy words to say together. Yeah, guys. German death metal band released a song about their murders called Axemen and Bon Bon Vivient, an indie gypsy uh, band from New Orleans, released the song Jazz Axeman. And that was released in 2018. But also in 2018, one of my favorite bands, Scroll Nut Zippers, <laughs> no, they're good. It's really good. <laughs> Imagine, like, little baby box listening to this. Um, but they released a song titled Axeman Jazz, Don't Scare Me Papa as well, but it's a different song from the 1919 version. It just has a similar name. When it comes to books, he also captured imaginations. In 1945, the book Gumbo Yaya, a collection of Louisiana folk tales, had a chapter about the Axeman, which reminded people of the murders once again. And fictional accounts include Julie Smith's 1991 novel, The Axeman's Jazz, Ray Celestine's 2014 novel, The Axeman's Jazz. You can see this comes up a lot. And then even in Chuck Palahniuk's 2005 novel, Haunted, The Axeman is mentioned in a short story. And I was also mentioned in a short story by gothic horror writer Poppy Z. Bright, who I believe Audrey Three did a book review on, but not this specific one. But anyway. There's a little plug. But he's also been the subject of various podcasts, web shows, and miniseries, including BuzzFeed and My Favorite Murder. However, how I actually first learned about him and his fun little murdering spree 
was through American Horror Story Coven, where he's a somewhat reoccurring character portrayed by Golden Globe nominee and Satellite Award winner Danny Houston. That was where I, like I said, I found out about him. And honestly, through whole Coven, because we're going to talk about somebody else, but through whole, like the whole Coven series, I was like, these people can't be real. <laughs> this surely is a work of fiction. Was wrong. Very wrong. But he did a phenomenal job. And I actually really liked the Axemen in Coven. And so he, you know, just loved his jazz and murdering people. But jazz too. I, I respect that. So how did you first hear about the Axemen? Um, I have been fascinated with New Orleans my entire life. Um, one of my favorite historical figures who we will not be talking about too much, hopefully, uh, was Marie Laveau. And if you're going to read about Marie Laveau, you're going to read about New Orleans. And if you're going to read about New Orleans, you're going to read about the Axeman. I actually have the Ray Celestine book uh, that you were just talking about. Oh, was it good? Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's it's this cool, like, detective mystery. It, it's, it's very good. I also love American Horror Story, and Coven was my favorite season. It it's really the best season. Fight me. I like the first season, too, but I really liked Coven because it just, it did have this rich flavor, and I, I'm not too keen on New Orleans. New Orleans. I don't, I've never been there. I read about it in books and stuff, you know? But it was really cool to see all of these figures. And like I said, I literally thought these are made up people. These are not real things. Although, again, like we know from past American Horror Stories, there's always like grains of truth in there. And when I started looking into it, I'm like, oh, wow, this son of a bitch really was like, fucking play your jazz or I'm going to murder a bunch of people. Yeah, like if you just like, if I had just read that letter out, no one would think it was real. No one would think a no. newspaper actually published that. But they did. Shaking in their boots, so like, we can't, we, we gotta do what he says, man. No way. They published that because they knew they were gonna sell a million copies. Because newspapers have always been concerned with one thing before everything else, and that is selling love? themselves. Love? Oh. It's, it's selling themselves. It's not love? Oh. No. Oh. I was wronged. <laughs> So what song, or I guess genre, would you, uh, if you were the Axeman, would you say that people had to play? Um, I would make everybody play. Oh, this is going to age me. You remember Lamb Chop and uh, the, the song that doesn't end? Yeah. I would make everyone play that. You're a monster. I know. That's the point. The, just that you even mentioned that is... <laughs> monstrous yep everyone has that in their head now sorry not sorry play i would make everyone play like 1960s to 70s uh psychedelic music from brazil or south america there's some pretty good bands in there asmontantes really good i I just want to hear elderly neighbors play that (laughs) makes me feel warm inside when i'm not killing that's i just want to get away with uh writing that type of ostentatious letter and have someone publish it (laughs) Right, and then you can say I was published in the in the Picanu Times. <laughs> but do you have anything else that you want to say about the Axeman? He's pretty. I don't know. He's kind of slick. I kind of like this dude. I mean, like he killed people. That's not cool. Yeah, that's not <laughs> great. Cool. And like, also, he killed mostly Italian people, which not cool, dude. Yeah, screw him. But also, thank you for making one of the coolest cities in the world. 
just that much fucking cooler. And also, it's kind of amazing that uh, that you were shot dead in the face. If if you were actually allegedly, you know, yes. If if you were actually yeah, by baddest Mr. woman Joseph number two, Mumphrey. I know, right? It should. Oh, it should have been the baby, <laughs> and the baby should have been a girl. Badass three. The baby was a girl. Oh, there we go. Badass three. Yeah. Shoots him in the face. <laughs> So speaking of shooting people in the face, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, check me out on Amazon and Smashwords. Just look under my name, Nicole C. Luttrell. All my books are available there. And check us out on Haunted MTL. We have a bunch of other podcasts and we review horror things and horror things adjacent. And, you know, just talk shop. Be cool about stuff. I like to have my little campfire powwows. Also horror. I would like to plug Squirrel Nut Zippers. <laughs> If you have not heard of them, go check them out. They're a great band, have been going on for a real long time. I hope to continue to forever. Like if we could just somehow put them in an AI system and uh, keep them forever. I would love that. So yeah, I'm going to have to look them up just based on the name. Oh, they're so good. Uh, Like Ghost of Stephen Foster is great. Uh, Like that whole CD, they did one on hell. I can't sing any of them because we'd get sued. (laughs) Plus, your eardrums would explode by my awesome singing. Real good. Real, real good songs. Like, fantastic. Anyway, I'm not being sponsored by them. If they want to sponsor me, they can hit me up on Kofi? Coffee? Kofi? Kofi. I'm just kidding. I don't have one of those. Uh, Nicole does. I do. And also Patreon. Yeah. (laughs) So go ahead and go over there, buy her a coffee, Kofi, on my account, and... uh, (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys.